Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Welcome to another episode of the Misfit Messengers podcast. In this episode, we're going to jump right back into the second half of a conversation that we were having with Matt and Emily Phelps talking about the church and kind of where it stands today. So enjoy. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm just thinking now people are saying, oh, you know, church decline and stuff. And I'm like, uh, it's okay. In a, in a way it's okay. Cause why are, why, why are we coming? Right. What are we there for? You know, I, I tell my kids everything. Oh, so I, um, I don't have kids church. So I, so the kids, I have a, they're in, they're doing the same thing and they're like, oh, we, you know, my kids have said, you know, it's kind of boring. And I said, okay, that's cool. You know, <laughs> and uh, not when I preach though, only when Brian, no, that's just not so true. That wasn't me. <laughs> oh, poor Brian. <laughs> that's not true. But, uh, but um, I'm saying, okay, well, it wasn't designed to be um, entertaining in the way that you're thinking. Right. It's supposed to be entertaining, but let's, um, dissect that a little bit more and you know and 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 work together as a whole congregation of people you know and tackle the word together and and don't worry about the fluff and the other stuff and we're never going to be the cool church my church will never be the cool church <laughs> but um and i've and i've had people say there's i i just know that you care about me and uh, and you've shown me that god could you know and i'm like that's all that's that's it. And, and um, just letting that stuff strip away and that, and, you know, the temple with, when you're talking about, you know, it had gotten too big for itself and it was becoming something else. I think the American church has gotten too big for itself <laughs> and has forgotten God in a lot of ways um, because they're trying to do the next thing or we go to these conferences and statistics and blah, blah, blahs and says, Jesus is the one who saves. His message doesn't have to be complicated. Why do we try to complicate it? <laughs> that was a long thing, too. My brain is a little... <laughs> no, that's quite as, as you were talking, it reminded me of a, uh, another video I saw, actually. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of the comedian John Christ. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> a John Christ video I saw, I think it was yesterday, actually, and... Uh, He's just, or it might have been on his podcast actually. He said, like, "I feel like it's it's gotten the American church has made it too easy to get saved." He said, "Let me explain what I mean by that. Not that everyone should should not is not should not welcome to be saved, obviously, or that we would not offer salvation to everyone." But he said he was in a church service on Easter, and uh, you know, in, in the eighties it was you know, or in the sixties, seventies it was come forward and receive Christ, and then it was. Okay. Uh, every eye closed, every you know, raise your hand, and then it was you know, talk to me after the service. And he said, Now I went to the service, and they said at the end of the message, if you want to receive Christ, text this number. No, and I, I mean, and I was very torn between the oh, that's creative, oh, that's an interesting use of technology, okay, and then but then there's no, it was so private, it was so private, there's no public declaration of. Of, of anything it was just oh text this number so i i, I was See, i was fascinated thinking, with this idea but at the same time i cringed inwardly what we could do is actually <laughs> this is terrible you could edit this if you want um <laughs> what we could do is we could actually have um just do the opposite like if you don't want to receive christ leave <laughs> boom <laughs> done 
Can you even um, imagine ever be like, oh, one, two, three, four. Like, if, you, if you want to volunteer for this step forward and everyone else takes a step back. Yeah, you just <laughs> remain in your seat. If you want to receive Christ, just sit. That's all you have to do. I remember uh, being in a thing and uh, trying, to, so stats are my bane. Anyway, you guys know. But uh, in Salvation Army, there's a line for people getting saved for the first time and like those who are maybe having a stirring of the spirit moment. How in the world do you, what? <laughs> Okay, so I asked, how do you, how, what is the defining, I like perimeters, what is my defining factor? And they said, yeah. well, you might see a squirm, or they might glance up at you, maybe, and then you can count that as a, what? And I was like, <laughs> um, it could hey. be the Holy Spirit, it could be the burrito I ate the night before, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, I was like, that is um, that anyways, I should probably be direct here. Woo! All right. Uh, moving right along. Yeah. To, so, uh, so, Jenny, I don't want to leave us um, where we are, which is in yes. the negative. Yes. Um, because I think there is hope, and there's always hope. There was, there was hope in the book of Ezekiel, right? Absolutely. Um, and there, there is always hope. And, and this is what's important is that we don't just dog on the state of american christianity or oh, western sure. christianity but what is the solution and i right. think this is yep. very important that as as churches we we do need the, that come to jesus moment where we realize this is not where we should be okay but then where what's the solution here and so i'd like to propose my own and then you guys can talk about this um i think amanda's you know, onto something, you know, showing them the authentic relationship of Christ. I think that that is certainly key. One of the things that I, I found missing, and this is something that I, I've preached for some time, um, is a concept that Paul identifies in Philippians. Uh, there's a verse, um, I want to say 2.12. Um, is that right? Well, we'll just, we'll just uh, look it up here. Um, but the verse is work out your own salvation mm -hmm. in fear and trembling. Oh, I should know that one. Um, know. This, this is, yeah, um, it's in 212. Yeah. And this is a verse that I kind of clinged on to uh, during my college years and starting to apply in my own life. Um, the idea that Christianity isn't necessarily easy. It isn't necessarily um, something that we have all the answers to, but through the working of the Holy Spirit, um, these are things we have to work on too. Um, and I'm not going to get into the long complex of taking the synchronic truth out of the diachronic situations of the Bible <laughs> and placing them into our own no. situation. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> what we do need to understand, though, is that we have been given the word of God. It was placed in a time of history, right? We need to understand that context so we can then transport it into our own reality and figure out what does this Christ-like walk look like in our own situation. Yeah. N.T. Wright then, I heard him take that verse and he combines it with another verse, which is Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind okay this is what i don't see happening in many we'll just say many churches today right yep. is this activity where we one we have we have to know what the word of god says so we can understand it in its original context and then 
looking at our own situation and saying, what does this mean for us? Right. And when we don't go through that hard work, and, and this is what, if you read the New Testament, this is this is what like Paul's bane is, right? Yep. He's like banging his head in the wall, trying to get these churches he founded to do this, right? And the problem is they can't do this because they're stuck on the simple stuff that everybody should know, right? Right. Don't sleep with dad's wife, right? <laughs> That's bad, okay? You shouldn't do that sort of thing, right? Oh. Um, you know, don't, um, you know, exclude people from your congregation. Um, yeah. Well, yes, in, in a lot Basically, of ways, right? Yeah. Um, there, there's a list of things, right? And he said, those are the basics. I shouldn't have to be writing you telling this stuff. And I'm kind of annoyed that I am because you guys should already be on out of this milk stuff onto the meat, which is this working out your own salvation if you're trembling. Because what are you going to do when I'm not here? Right. That's why you need to do this. And you need to have congregations who are in prayer, who are in the Bible, who are in other means of grace, who are doing this. Right. Because if they're not, you're going to start to look like the world. And instead of making, you know, making us in the, you know, instead of our lives reflecting God's image, we start making God into the world's image. Correct. Because we haven't done the hard work. Right. So let me just throw out some parameters here. The first one is we've got to get rid of what we've made God into. Yeah. which is usually ultimate, right? That's the first thing. Is we've got to take the hard work of prayer and fasting and um, Bible study. And we've got to examine our own lives, right? And we've got to start making them into God's image. The second thing that I think we need to start doing is we start need to start meeting with other Christians and actually having these type of conversations where we work out what does it mean to be a Christian in 21st century? What does it mean to reflect Jesus' image today, right? Yep. Um, what does Jesus' life look like? What, what were the parables he taught? What were the things that he did? Mm-hmm. How does that um, apply to a world that looks totally different, mm-hmm. right? Until we do both of those things, where we do the hard work to get rid of the idols in our lives, and then the hard work of having those conversations amongst other Christians. Um, well, I, and let's put that in the positive. When we do those things, there you go. I think we can see a revival. Yeah. I, I think we can see God start to move again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing, of course, um, was the given, which is recognizing the situation as is. Yeah. Yep. And the great thing is that we have a Holy Spirit who is willing and active to make those, to work with us, right? We're not just floundering on our own. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm here. You know, just like we <laughs> talked about uh, little kids, right? Learning to do chores. You're like, I'm here if you need help. You know, yeah. please, <laughs> please ask for help. <laughs> so well, we well, can... That's the best part, right? Yeah. We're not doing this by our own we're participating in a means of grace that that is so wonderful and abounding and um, is more than we can possibly ever imagine, right? Mm-hmm. If we're willing to humbly accept it, right? Um, as individuals, as a church, yeah. And, and that's so important, Amanda. So mm-hmm. important that we remember that. 
Yeah, you're not on your own because you'll fail. But we and we have and, and not only the Holy Spirit, we have a community of believers that mm-hmm. if the church is operating the way that it's supposed to operate, we are not scared to share our faultings because everybody has them. And we spur one another and we lift one another up and say, you know what? I'm really doing great in this area that I see you struggling in. Let me help you. And I am struggling in an area that a, another brother or sister is thriving in. Let me get help from them. And we work together and we build up one another. Um, if we're not so scared to be the hot messes that we already know we are. <laughs> but like you said, to recognize the thing at hand and say, we're only going to be better when we're honest. Yeah. So but that's a Dane. That's a, such a slippery thing in the church today because completely countercultural. Well, because we are second temple Christians, right? This idea that we go through the motion. So when you think, I think of, okay, so I've been doing a deep, deep dive into Luke 15, which is the, the lost uh, sheep, the lost coin and the lost son. Right. And I'm, I'm going through this book called the cross and the prodigal and it's fascinating and wonderful. And part of the reason it's so hard is so think about the two sons that the father has, both are lost. One is lost because he takes off with, with his share of the the money and he goes and and lives a life of extravagance loses all his money the other son is lost because he doesn't know what he has like he has the father he has the the rest of the estate he has the love of the father and doesn't realize he has it so he's actually like following following the rules going through the motions but he doesn't have the father hmm. right they're both lost and so that's the church today. We're both lost. It doesn't matter if, you know, you're you're living a life of of immorality but don't realize that it's bad or you're living a life of pious holiness but you have not the love of God, then you're you're both lost. I think, right? I, I I would even take it a step further. I I think the church today is the first son living as if he's the second son. Mm living yeah. a life of immorality right but calling it good, but calling, it good <laughs> calling it pious thinking that yeah. he's doing everything right and then when when you know things aren't working the way they want they're like well why oh, what's going on i know right right yeah well and, and amanda to your point about the holy spirit the holy spirit's willing to give us help but are we willing to listen yes yeah. You know, I, I remember growing up, my parents would be all sorts of helpful and give me all sorts of advice about things I should and should not do. Did I listen to them? Sometimes. Sometimes. Right? Um, and the Holy Spirit's even maybe less loud than my parents were. You know? <laughs> That's still small voice that if I'm willing to listen. Um, no, don't, don't get me wrong. There have been times the Holy Spirit has been rather forceful. Uh, which was helpful. Like I appreciate the uh, forcefulness of the Holy Spirit at times in my life. But I think that working out your salvation is a very important aspect of our walk. It's not just you pray a prayer when you're nine and you're golden for the rest of your life. It doesn't matter how you live. God loves you and he's going to forgive all, all, all your everything. Well, yeah, I don't think it works <laughs> like that. <laughs> I, I read the Bible differently than that. <laughs> like you don't get to pray a prayer that you didn't really mean, or you meant in that very moment when you were nine and get fire insurance. Like that's. Just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that 
that's actually one of the points in that first chapter of the book I was reading. It's it's, it's a difference between come to Jesus and follow Jesus. And Jesus always said, follow me. He said, walk in my footsteps. Right. He didn't just say, come and get something once and then leave and never think about me again. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about so many of the books I've read recently within the realm of Christianity are books that address the same thing in a different way over and over and over again. Right. Think about the book, Not a Fan. I don't know if you've list, watched, uh, read that one. Um, I think it's. I can't remember the author of it. I could look it up real quick, but I'm not going to. And this is the same idea, right? We're not fans of Jesus. We're followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a distinction. Um, it's again and again. Why? Because the church has failed for decades. You could even say maybe centuries to do the hard work of discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so now we sit here and we're like, I don't even know how this is supposed to look. Right. Like, what does it look like to do discipleship in a congregation of church, of believers? Well, I have some ideas, <laughs> but like, I don't think it's necessarily memorizing catechisms. Right. Although there's nothing inherently wrong in any of those things. Like, I still remember. I still remember some of the, the questions and answers that I had to learn. Right. And they're helpful in times of of stress or turmoil i can hearken back to okay should love the lord your god with all your heart mind soul and strength what does this mean you know it's just and it and that can be beneficial but that's not the end of discipleship right (laughs) oh i graduated from my my class and now i'm a i'm a disciple yeah And, and how do you move people to a state of meat when they're very happy with milk Correct. If it's even milk, and I and I, I think it's what Jesus did, right? Jesus, Jesus didn't disciple everyone. Hmm. He he didn't. He pulled people out when the and and said, "Look, this is what's going on over here. It's going on with these people, but for you, we're gonna we're gonna go deeper, right?" And I think it's knowing who those people are because some people just aren't ready and it's just going to, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, you know, just looking, if you're a leader and who's listening, I guarantee you there's someone in your sphere of influence who is ready and they're just waiting for that call to something deeper and better. They probably don't even know, but you say, you know what? I mean, people did that for me. I was a nobody. And they said, Amanda, I think you can go further than you are. And I was like, I'm doing fine. Yeah, but I wasn't, you know, and, and they, and they did hard stuff with me. They said, you're too loud. You make too many coarse jokes. You are (laughs) kind of annoying. This is how you're supposed to act in a meeting, you know, (laughs) but they did. I I still miss that memo. But I mean, they did, they did stuff. They say, you know, well, a big thing for me was my humor. I, I hide a lot with my humor and I hide a lot of myself with it. And there was a person in my life who called that out of me and said, instead of making a joke about your hot messery, let's deal with it. And I was like, oh, attacked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but they saw me and I think they saw me with the eyes of God. And they were they were willing to risk offending me for the sake of my soul. 
And I think we can be more brave sometimes with our people. And if it, and if it's not there yet, okay. Yeah. Well, but be ready when it is. And, um, and I think that's a lot of, of, of what loving people like Christ is supposed to be. Amen. So I'm caught up on what you just said with the risking offending someone for the sake of their soul, right? <laughs> risking offending somebody for the sake of their soul. I think back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> didn't, he offended people left and right and sideways for the sake yeah. of their souls. Right? And most of the ones he offended were the ones who thought they were doing pretty well for themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But even I think, I think, I thought specifically, my first thought went to the woman at the well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. What he said yeah. to her Where is the- your husband? Whoa, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, what he said to her would be offensive. Yeah. Even in that culture, I think it was a little bit like, uh, did you really dude. bring that up, dude? But why? <laughs> for the sake of her soul. And what does she become? One of the like best spokespeople for Jesus in a Samaritan yeah. village ever, right? So, of course, I'm in you know, the myths of Ezekiel. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think... Talk back, about a fence. <laughs> you want to talk about a fence? Um, right? So the nation that currently has you people captive, um, they're sent by God, (laughs) and they're going to crush you further. And I know I'm in exile over in Babylon, but you people back in Jerusalem, you think you're safe? God's actually over here, and he's going to destroy his own temple, and you're the ones who who don't have God's presence. Hmm. Um, America, Russia is going to crush us. China is going to crush us, and it's God's instrument. Now, I, I don't think that, but I'm just saying <laughs> that's an equivalent type yeah, message if yeah. you think about the offense that people would take. Right? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, I think of... Go ahead. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Well, and I'm just thinking about the church. And again, I I, I do want to clarify. I'm well, one. I don't think I'm a prophet. I'm not. You know, God has not spoken <laughs> not to me in that, that way. Um, <laughs> but I but I do think there there isn't a message to the church that is offensive, which is yeah. we're not reflecting God's image. We're not doing that calling, right? Amen. And so the offense is there, but then the flip side of that is let's repent. Let's fast. Let's pray. Let's get together and do the hard work so that we might see the God's presence once again. Yeah. And that is that that's very offensive to a church that thinks everything's great mm-hmm. or even better, uh, you know, than great, that that we are finally arriving in some ways. Mm. Um, yeah. If we're finally arriving, look at the attendance drop off after COVID mm-hmm. from churches that once people realize, wait a minute, um, I don't have to go to church every Sunday. I think the drop off was because they finally asked, wait a minute, why was I going? Oh, wait, I'm not getting anything from these churches. I'm not going back. Yep. That's the tennis drop off because if they were getting something, mm-hmm. they would have returned. They missed right. it. Yeah. We have not seen a drop off at all. I, I'm. That's awesome. 
blessed, yeah, blessed to say we, uh, we did not see any, any drop off. Like people want to be here, which I love. I like, uh, I am very blessed in a congregation of people who care about being together, care about each other, care about the Bible, care about scripture. Some of them don't have the capacity, right. That mm-hmm. I have. Um, but that, but they're, they're seeking God. They're seeking, um, how to further their walk in faith. And so, and that's, I wish it were not as unique. Yeah. You know, and, but, and, and, but we need the highlight of that though. Yeah. Because we need to bring those examples to the forefront and say, look, it's possible, right? Yeah. It's possible to have that existence in the community of believers. You know, all is not completely lost, right? There's always hope here um, when we're doing that. And that's exactly so. So that's, we've got to be careful too that when we say this message, I'm not saying every single individual church in America is in this case. Mm -hmm. And not even every church that lost membership during COVID because there could be a myriad of reasons besides just, I'm not getting anything out of church. Um, but, but it is important to take a good, hard, long look where, where, what's your focus? What are, whose image are you reflecting? The world's God's, you know, Hmm. guys, I I'm gathering from our conversation. We could talk literally all day, but, um, it is getting on to, uh, lunchtime and I'm sure, uh, those of you have kids are probably, uh, your kids are probably getting a little hungry and wanting noises and bumps yeah. and bumps. So I do think the natives are getting restless. Yeah. But, uh, but hey, we will, we will plan to have you on again. Cause this was a, a heady, fabulous, very important conversation. I'll end up probably cutting into this into two just for sake of time, but, uh, <laughs> good, good stuff. And it just goes to show too, that, so Emily, you're reading cost of discipleship, which ties right into what Matt was saying. It ties right into <laughs> I didn't like, know he was studying. Correct. So. <laughs> which ties into stuff that Amanda's covering in her church ties into stuff in, in Luke 15. I mean, it's all connected. Why? Because God is a big God and he, he has a tapestry woven that we have no concept of, which is just awesome. So, so, uh, so next time we can keep it more light. I can talk about my awesome macaroni and cheese recipe. <laughs> um, you know, uh, he's gonna be quite, want to do. He's going to be quite the chef. He, he he's he's learned a lot of new recipes. Nice. So, so, so yeah, we can we can we keep uh, next time a little lighter too. I don't know. I really like this. This is the stuff for me that like. I get excited. I'm going to be like excited the whole rest of the day because of this conversation, like churning the thoughts and making the connections. And I'll probably have like a whole nother line of topic that I'll write out to you in messenger or whatever, and just be like, Oh, that made me think of this thing. And so it, it'll be good. It's, I love awesome. it. Amanda, yeah. I always give you last word, but what you got a last word for us today. Oh, I was just going to say, Oh, well, finally, Jenny has someone smart to talk to. Shut up. <laughs> Ouch. You are smart. <laughs> Calm yourself down. Remember, you just talked about hiding behind your humor. You just okay. No, yeah, you're right. That still. Yeah, don't, don't it's a, it has been a pleasure. Um, always good. I think uh, this is what ironing, sharpening iron looks like to have to um, why the community of believers is so important because we should be sharing and talking and even talking about hard things. Um, but to know that we have each other, we do have the Holy Spirit. We have Christ on the throne in victory. Amen. And um, and this 
the world we see now is not the end of God's story by far because he has, we have been, the, the, the church has been here before and God has redeemed it. And he is willing and able, I think, to do it again with people whose hearts are willing to be humble. And I thank you for that encouragement. Amen. Nah, good stuff. All right, friends. Well, stick on after I hit uh, stop on the recording and we'll finish just having a little chat. But uh, as I always conclude, because I think it's so vital and important, God blesses us. Why? So we can be blessings to others. We'll catch you guys next time.